Hello, guys, and welcome to this special Springfield edition of the Low Key Podcast. Now, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please rate and review the podcast. It helps us out. Give us five stars. Now, guys, this episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's naturally delicious with flavors like honey, maple, vanilla, and my personal favorite, chocolate. And if you have a sweet tooth, go try their peanut butter cups, which come in dark chocolate and white chocolate. Now, without further ado, Tyler with Lost Signal Brewing. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I want to welcome Tyler Hoke on. Yep. Dude, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I think this is my second time in Springfield. Really? Yeah. Well, welcome back. Yeah, so um, I'm excited to be here again, and it's, it's it, the weather's pretty nice, too, right now. It's gotten better. This past week has been miserably hot, but it is starting to cool down a little bit. Yeah. I went to uh, the Branson area. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been there? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting like Missouri town. Like it's just, it's it's just so bizarre to me. It's the Las Vegas of the Midwest, or it, if you're over eighty. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all the old actor, all the old musicians and shows are out there, but all the young kids go for the the uh, lake. Have uh, you? So. Is there is there a favorite part like the last time you went to Branson, like or? Or when you've gone to Branson, is there a favorite part you have of it? It's usually going down to the lake. Um, there's a lot of putt-putt courses and go-karts. and So you can have a lot of fun down there, like a day trip, just messing around. But there's also a, a theme park down there, too, that has to do with like the Ozark history. So that's a pretty fun time. But that's cool. If you go on a hot day, you will be miserable. So <laughs> it's, it's very hilly, so it's, it's not that fun. I went mini golfing for the first time last night, and I got a hole in one. Oh, I got a yeah. free game, but I think that's 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 about like that was my first time mini golfing like ever, and it was interesting really? experience. Yeah. Yeah, we would go all the time because we have a few courses around here, but definitely down in Branson, there's a lot of really good courses, and so that's the thing to do when you're younger is to go mini golfing. Okay. Cool. Nice. So, tell me a little bit about what first got you into craft beer. Well, really, it's I was the guy in college that was never drinking the uh, Bud Miller Coors. Part of it was because I didn't want people to steal my beer out of the fridge, so I wanted something different. Yeah. Uh, and then it just started into every time I'd go to the liquor store, I'd pick up something different. and So every time it was something different, and I noticed all the flavors were different, and so I just kept getting more and more and different ones. And I ended up kind of finding a style I really enjoyed, Belgian Wits. So that was just kind of a style that I gravitated towards. And so I'd say early in college is really when I really fell in love with craft beer, just other beer than the, the mass-produced stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, we are drinking a porter, correct? Yes. So it's oh. our smoked pecan porter. 
Okay. So we, I take Missouri-grown pecans, uh, and we smoke them in our smoker with pecan wood, and then we throw that into the mash. So it just gives a nice little hint of smoke. It's not a smoky beer, a uh, nice little sweetness and nuttiness from the pecans, but you're not getting a large amount because I didn't want it to be a whole, whole, whole lot. I just wanted it to be like a kiss of sweetness and nuts and a kiss of smoke. And really just kind of, it plays well with this robust border. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. I, I can taste like the, the pecans mm -hmm. and the, the walnutness of it. It's really tasty, um, especially for in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what kind of kind of tell us explain to us like a little bit about your journey into into Lost Signal okay. and like starting up of the business and, right. and getting to where you are now. Well, I started homebrewing back in oh, I'd say 2010 when I was living in Dallas. And so that's really when I started diving really hard into the craft beer and learning about how to make craft beer how to make beer and so then I got to watch the craft beer scene blow up in Dallas and so I started volunteering at breweries around town uh, and then actually got a job at one working in their, their tap room uh, and so it just kind of one thing led to another and I ended up going up to Siebel Institute in Chicago oh wow uh, did that for really kind of a fun vacation for myself uh, and it just helped me go to the next level and I figured you know now is the best time to start something and so I decided to come back home to Springfield and uh, wanted to find something on Route 66, or really close to Route 66, and we're actually on the original part of Route 66, College Street. Oh, it started crazy. just just down the street. It's where it started. Uh, so you know, I really enjoyed that history. And this used to be an old radio station, and so it, it just kind of I don't know fell into the place just perfectly. It was like you know this is just the perfect perfect space, perfect time. And let's just do it. Yeah. Is, is that why you guys called it Lost Signal? Because it used to be yeah. a radio station? Yeah, so that's... it just kind of plays back to that. And we still have the radio tower in the back. Um, and so that's why we put that in the logo is we're that place with the radio tower. So if you see the logo, like that, I remember going to a place with the radio tower. That must be it. <laughs> that's funny. And then Springfield, why you chose Springfield is, would you say just because it was your hometown? Or... Yeah, I just kind of wanted to come back. Um, I really enjoyed Texas, but I feel that temperature is really hot right now in Springfield and Texas it's twice as hot so it was getting really annoying on how hot it was and how long so um, and it really I just moved down there for fun I had a great time I love I love Dallas area and I love a lot of the cities in Texas but um, just kind of wanted to come back I've got family here my wife has family here so that's cool yeah I think I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to explore Springfield more yeah. and see what it looks like so because I I've never really spent a day like yeah. in Springfield, so, but I'm excited. So, what was the first craft beer you've ever had? Uh, Do you remember? Well, it's not really craft beer, but Blue Moon was the first that I had consistently. Um, I would have a lot of English beers um, when I was buying those four packs and six packs of beer that I want people to seal. So, I think I drank a lot of Boddingtons. Um, and a lot of Smithics and Guinness was just kind of what I was consistently drinking. Those were probably the main ones in my fridge. Uh, as far as the first, probably Boulevard, you know, yeah. just because it's a Missouri staple. It's it's everywhere, just like you know the Bud Miller Coors are. You got Boulevard everywhere around here, so which is not a bad thing at all. 
Yeah, boulevards are great. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I remember remember being being in Oklahoma. Like for a while, we didn't. The only craft beer we drank was boulevards because of their their laws or something mm -hmm. like that. So, but they're getting better. Um, what would you say makes you passionate uh, passionate passionate about being in the craft beer industry, or what motivates you to, to keep staying in, in the craft beer industry? Uh, for me, it's getting to do something fun and different. So we're a small brew pub. We don't distribute right now. And so all our beers are kind of rotating. We really only have two that are on all the time. One's a smoke porter, or smoke pecan porter, and then the other ones are on air IPA. Uh, and then everything else is, when it's gone, it's gone, and we put out something new and different. So it's just about, for me, it's, I get to have fun doing something different, but yet it's the same thing. So it's just a little bit of change, and it just, it makes work life a little bit different and a little bit more fun. Yeah. So kind of a similar question, what, what is your favorite thing about being a brewer and, and owning a, a, brew, a brewery? favorite thing about owning it is actually get to to brew um, consistently. When I was home brewing, it was always tough to find the time. Um, it was always on a weekend, and if I was brewing on a day, that meant I couldn't do something else. And so it was almost like sometimes it was cutting into my life. Uh, but being a brewer, you know, you're that's what you do during the day. You know, you'll brew. We brew once a week, so every week I get to brew. Um, yeast management for me is honestly kind of fun, um, so I get to do that once a week, you know, every day during the week. So, you know, it's just a fun hobby that I turned into a job kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, just, it's all about owning the brewery is just really fun. People really seem to enjoy coming to a brewery, so it's, it makes me feel good that, you know, I get to see people excited about coming into a brewery and are just really enjoying themselves when they're here. Yeah, that's really cool. What what is what was your biggest struggle in creating Lost Signal or continually a struggle that you you have currently? It's all the little things. The, the big picture is easy to kind of nail down and iron out and figure out what you're going to do, but it's all the little things that come about. Um, you know, it could be everything from finding getting all the right little fittings for the brewery or you know, hoses and all kinds of just little nuances here and there. And then running the business, it's every kind of, you know, application for the beer has to be done and done correctly and on time before you can sell it. I mean, it's just all those little things that you know they're there, you just don't think about them, and you think they won't be that big of a deal, but they end up turning into much more of a headache than you ever want. Yeah. So it's just always about getting over that little hurdle um, and not making it, bigger deal than what it really is yeah huh what when people walk in your doors or in your brewery what do you what do you want them to experience like what do you what do you want your beer to say to them um or feel i guess yeah it, <laughs> uh you know it, it's like i said it's all about us doing something different and having fun so i like i like it that we have a lot of styles on that you can't find um a lot of places uh, we have an ESB, uh, a triple, um, a kettle sour, an oatmeal stout, the smoke porter, mm. the smoke pecan porter, the IPA. You know, we're, that's, you know, we've just kind of are dabbling in all kinds of little things. And so it's, for me, it's fun to have people come in and 
try a beer they've never had before hmm. or they just don't have it very often. Um, you know, we I always have some sort of English uh, pub beer on. Like right now we've got the ESB and we have a, a beer engine. So we, I put one keg on the beer engine. So I, I'm serving it the old English way and before we had an Irish red and an English brown. And so it's just a way for us to kind of bring some of those styles that aren't dead but just a lot of craft brewers aren't doing because they're not the the sexy styles loaded up with fruity fruity hops or super yeah. sour beers that are aged in barrels or you know 10 percent whatevers and so you know we're just making really good drinkable beer um, that tends to be a little bit on the lower alcohol side but because that's you know I like to drink beer so I want to drink more than one or two I want to Throw yeah. back three or four sometimes. So <laughs> I don't want to be falling on the ground when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> is there um, is there any brewery that kind of inspired you or ins continually inspires you right now um, in any way when you were making Lost Signal? Um, I would say it was Lakewood Brewing down in Garland. That's where I did a lot of my volunteering and actually worked in their tap room. And yeah. I'm. The Brewers became my friend, and I really love that place, and their beer they make is absolutely excellent, and, you know, the, you could see them putting out the same uh, four year-round beers, but then they would have so much fun with their um, their seasonals and their, what they call their legendary series, it's just other one-off beers that they do, and so it, it was just, it was just fun to be there and watch that place grow and get to see what they're doing. And so it, it just got me excited about opening a place because it made me realize that, you know, you can have a whole lot of fun doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Kind of kind of describe um, some of your beers that you guys have and like your seasonals and your, your, um, your regulars. So we try to keep the beers that come out within the season time. Um, don't want a whole lot of imperial stouts and whatnot coming out in the summertime. So in the springtime, we've actually already all out of the, our table beer, which is a Belgian farmhouse style, um, my take on a farmhouse style table beer, and a Kolsch. Both of those are gone because they're real light and they just <clears throat> flew out the door. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Hefeweizen that I've kind of made my own, so it's a little bit drier, crisper, because um, it's humid as heck around here, and so it's nice to have a real crisp beer. Uh, we've got a our Under the Tower Sour series, we just released our first one that's just a kettle sour, a nice golden kettle sour, again for, you know, it's just hot right now. Um, we have our triple that's on, it's, you know, for people that want a little bit more alcohol, it's still, it's easy to drink, it doesn't taste like it's 9.1 in any way, yeah, and so wow. we've actually had to limit people on it's three eight ounce pours because I don't <laughs> want people having three sixteens and stand up and fall over because yeah. but you know it's it again it's great for the warm weather because it, it's a little bit sweeter it's lighter it's very easy to drink and then an IPA you know we're always shuffling through hoppy beers we always have a couple extra we had an XPA on and um, <clears throat> this was our, our second different IPA we've done and so and then you know coming in the fall we'll have our peanut butter and jelly beer for the Whoa. start of school Wow. Uh, Got to have the pumpkin beer. I enjoy it. Some people hate pumpkin beers, but I, I like it, so why not? Uh, then, you know, a wee heavy, we'll be doing that in the fall. Um, we've got a fest beer that'll be coming out in the fall and a Vienna lager around that same time. So, you know, we'll, even though we do constantly rotate the beers, they will be kind of within that season style just because, you know, 
if it's, it's hot, you want something easy to drink. You don't want yeah. to suffer through a beer when it's 95 degrees outside. So um, the only beers that we keep on all the time are that on-air IPA and our smoke pecan porter. We've done the porter now three times, uh, and the, the on-air IPA we've done twice now. Uh, and those two are just going to be constantly being refilled because um, they've been a huge hit. And even though it's been warm, the porter has not stopped selling because it's not really a heavy porter by any means. It's pretty light and easy to drink, and it's just different. Um, there's not a lot of porters out there, and um, I think people just really enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you you, have, you, you said you guys have a PB&J beer? Yep, it'll be, uh, we'll have uh, loads and loads of PB2, which is a powdered um, peanut. Uh, and then there is we'll be putting in 48 pounds of raspberry and puree and then 48 pounds of blackberry puree. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds really amazing and interesting. Like, I've never heard of anybody yeah. trying it, to do it's a, it's an am, Most people, if they do peanut butter beers, they do stouts just because it's stouts are very easy to do yeah. a lot of flavors with. But, you know, it's an amber ale. Um, and so, you know, it's a get a nice bread character from the beer which just plays straight into the the peanut butter jelly sandwich part of it you got your peanut butter jelly and then the breadiness of that amber ale just really make it a nice sandwich beer wow that's (laughs) crazy i've never even heard of that That, that's that's fantastic um what is what is your favorite kind of brew style of a beer to make mine is uh well to make really would be Pretty much any of them but to drink is definitely pale ale or a farmhouse those are my two styles so i i guess to make those two would be my favorite too um just because like i said i like the easier to drink beers and farmhouse and pale ales are just very easy to, to crush as many as you can so it's yeah um that and that's why i love craft beer is just you can get something you can drink a lot of and it tastes really good so. that's cool what um what are some describe some of the hops you guys use and um, kind of kind of your favorite hops to use in your beers? All right, well the porter uses uh, the traditional English uh, mixture of Pilgrim, Fuggle, and EKG. Uh, our IPA uses a mixture of all the American hops of Columbus, Centennial, Cascade, Amarillo, and Simcoe. Um, so we we do uh, you know our IPAs do have a lot of those kind of new age. Amarillo and Simcoe hops. Um, our Blonde Ale, was, uh, we're getting ready to release, I think next week, has Cascade and Citra in it. Um, but it just kind of depends on the style. I, I like Saws hops, so a lot of my German beers and Belgian beers have a lot of Saws in them, or Hollertau. Um, those two hops are my favorite for the Europe's. And then, you know, if you're doing an English beer, you gotta use Fuggle and EKG, just because that's what they are. Um, those yeah. are traditional English hops for the traditional English beers. That's awesome. What 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 do you feel is the biggest misconception of you of being a brewer? Um, I don't really know if there's a big misconception that I've ran into, um, other than being having a beard, which I do, which is, uh, <laughs> I think, kind of have to, I don't know, my assistant brewer has one too, and, but I have bartenders that have them, so they always point and go, are you the brewer, and I'm standing right next to him, just because his beard's bigger than mine doesn't mean he's the brewer, so, uh, that's probably the biggest misconception, whoever has the biggest beard's the brewer, uh, 
and it's just, I don't know. It, it's in in town. It kind of seems like people think that breweries are all against each other, but we're really not. I mean, the the brewers from all the breweries come in for food, for drinks, and then we go over to their place too. So I think that's kind of a misconception, at least for this area, and sometimes in some other areas too, is that you know it's competition. In most other industries, it would be, but you know, in the brewing world, it's not really competition. It's all about having fun and. We're all really enjoying ourselves, so we're not com that competitive with each other. Yeah, are you are you are you super connected to like all the breweries in the Springfield area? Or yeah. Uh, so we're, I mean, like I said, they're they'll come over for food or drinks, and then I do the same at their places. And you know, there's two right next to us that are same distance. We're halfway between them. If I have to walk anywhere else in downtown, I have to pass by one of them. And if they're outside smoking or doing something out there, I'll stop and talk for you know 30 minutes or whatever and then they'll do the same thing if they're walking by our place going somewhere else they'll just pop in to say what's up and so you know there's there's just a nice camaraderie with the brewers between all of us so it's it's been great that's really cool yeah what what do you love about the city about the city yeah about springfield um i'll edit that out it's you know, it's a it's a smaller town, and I've I've lived in Dallas, and then I've lived in Chicago for two months, and and so I've I've done the big city stuff, and it's nice, but it's just not for me. So I like a little bit of city, but I don't like being so far away from being able to get out and being the only one on a river or yeah. wherever. And so, you know, that's why I like Springfield. It's you know a big city with a small town feel. It, it really does have a nice downtown area that's definitely growing, um, but there's just so much to do outdoor-wise around here, and also you, everything's a little bit more spread out. You know, you're not crammed in like in big cities. You're not walking shoulder to shoulder with people. There's there's room to walk around here. So yeah, that's cool. Why why do you think craft beer has become such a, a big like thing lately like it, it's just I feel like it's it's blown up right like all, all over the US um, I think it, you look at the the food trend too has blown up between you know organic or all natural or whatever people are just kind of wanting to know how their stuff is being made uh, if it's good for them or someone putting something into it but also there's a lot of new restaurants that are coming up that are just different flavors you know you've got your Middle Eastern restaurants have exploded and the the Indian cuisines and all that, and I think it's because it's different and new flavors that people aren't used to, because, you know, for the longest times it was just that American fair food of grilled chicken and burgers, and I think it's really boring after yeah. so many years, and <laughs> same thing with the light beer, it's just, you know, it could be a really good light beer, but sometimes you want something a little bit different, so mm. I think that's why craft beer really has exploded, people took advantage of that, and then... You know, people got to see it being made, and it was just, it's just really cool to go into a brewery and say, oh, wow, that's how it's done. And so then you see your friends making it or your friends working there, so you want to give them, a, you know, your business. And so then I think that just helped made it explode even more. And I think it's just people are just retired of the same old, same old, and wanted something new. Yeah, it's really cool. Say, saying that, you said food in there. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite beer and food pairings? Well, we are a barbecue restaurant as well, so... Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. so... I'm going to have to have some after this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on Sundays we do brunch, and we, we make that 
barbecue brunch. So I don't know if you've ever had brisket on the Eggs Benedict, but it's fantastic. Oh my gosh. So uh, That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say <laughs> anything smoked meat-wise is pretty darn good with just about any any beer. Um, we, My chef is excellent. He's actually put the, our beer in as many things as she possibly can. <clears throat> She's brined our chicken with beer, our pub cheese sauce has beer in it. Um, we have a, a barbecue sauce that has our IPA in it. I mean, you name it, we we put beer into it and it just plays so well yeah. with the smoked meat. I mean, it just go beer and meat just go great. Oh man, yes, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you say makes your, your beer um, different than, than anybody else's beer? Or your brewery kind of different than anybody else's brewery? Um, my brewery is a little bit different than a lot of other people's because we do have a lot of those rotating styles. And again, I like to bring back those old and kind of dying styles of, you know, the ESBs or the uh, German alts. You know, you don't find those around, but. They're just really good drinking beers, and I like to showcase those. And then um, we'll take a few kegs of those, and we'll spike them, and or we'll do something to them, and kind of show you know you can have a great normal beer, and then let's just go off the wall with it. Uh, we've done mojito kolsch, uh, we did a pineapple habanero session IPA. Wow. Uh, you know, and we're gonna we've got Springfield Craft Beer Weeks coming up, and we got a. Uh, craft beer bash at the on a Saturday. I think it's next Saturday. Uh, we're gonna do a sriracha stout, you know. So I mean, it's been done by some other breweries, but it's not an, often that it gets done. And so yeah. we like to take our we're taking our oatmeal stout, which is five percent. It's really easy to drink stout, and then we're throwing a bunch of sriracha in it, and you know, showing you that you can still have a lot of fun with you know a, a good normal beer, and then you can make it fun at the same time. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I've never I've never heard of. You're making me uh, like hear about all these different new like <laughs> ideas, peanut butter, sriracha. Yeah. It's just really interesting. Is there? You said you you did home brewing, mm -hmm. you know, before you you started yeah. this. Kind of um, describe kind of like a little bit of the difference between being actually a brewer mm -hmm. and home brewing. Like, is there any difference for you? Or um, I mean, having tanks, obviously. Right. Yeah. The size <laughs> difference is wildly different. Uh, it is you have to focus your energy on additional parts when you're a professional brewer such as yeast management as a home, as a home brewer you can go and buy a, a pack of yeast make a starter pitch it and then throw it out but as a professional brewer the cost of that is just astronomical if you're going to use a new pitch of yeast every time and so you've got to think about your cost is thinking about cost is different as a pro brewer and then thinking about just making yourself more and more and more efficient as a pro brewer but sometimes that can also be a good thing because you can start seeing little errors that you were doing um, and fix them and you know cleanliness is godliness in this, in this industry so you know when you become more efficient you've got to find become more efficient and also uh, stay sanit stay clean and sanitary and so it you have to get kind of creative at times too and so it's makes you have to think a little bit more sometimes being a professional brewer. Yeah, wow. Um, what advice would you give to anybody that wants to start a microbrewery or just be in like kind of um, small business mm -hmm. atmosphere? Um, I would say 
you know, learning the brewing side and learning to be a brewer, while it's not super easy, it's not also that hard, and just about anybody can do it, but learning how to run a business is probably the hardest part about it. I spend more time than I want to and than I can say in my office, and it's just doing the everyday tasks of owning a business. And so if you want to start a brewery, learn how to be an owner of a business, um, whether that be you know a general manager of any kind of business that you're in now, or but just learn you know you're there's a lot more paperwork than you ever would know. So talk to someone that is an owner of a brewery and get an idea of how much paperwork is going to be involved with it and how much um, phone time and computer time you've got ahead of you because it's a lot more than you'd ever think. Yeah. I've heard I've heard a lot like from other breweries and stuff mm -hmm. like that that the the business side is such a huge part mm -hmm. of um, what they do now more than just like just kind of drinking beer a lot of right. times like because that's that's a dream is like when you're in brewery you just want to drink beer all the right. time and hang out with your friends but um, most of the times it's like paperwork yeah a lot of times so. yeah that's probably a misconception people think that brewers just brew for an hour and then sit and drink and then brew again and when really brew day is a whole entire day and then the rest of your time for the rest of the week is cleaning and just doing other um, tasks and moving beer and moving yeast and and then lots and lots and lots of paperwork I mean so it's very little do you get to sit down and just drink at the end of the day or if you're drinking for work it's not as fun as sitting down and drinking because you're having to analyze the beer and really study it and it's not as fun as it looks sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun if you enjoy it like i do yeah yeah no i i, I definitely think it would be enjoyable still even with all that paperwork and stuff right. so or just the regular business side yeah so yeah you get to own your small business so. yep yeah absolutely fun thing so and you get to see people drink your your mm -hmm. beer and get to see what it's fun and nerve-wracking at the same time. Right before I opened, I've never been so nervous before because only my friends were the ones drinking, friends and family drinking my homebrew. And so everyone always gives, gives you the, oh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Did they really? Would they pay, <laughs> would they pay for it? You know. And then the second you open your doors, I, I think the day before I was just – I was sweating all the time, and it was in February, so you shouldn't be sweating in February. I was just so incredibly nervous about how people would take to my beer. And yeah. It's been positive, which has been great, but it's still now, every time I put a new beer out, I'm just, I'm excited and nervous, and just, I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's always, it's always nerve-wracking when you put a product out there mm -hmm. and you want people to enjoy it, yeah. but um, you never know if they will. Right. And then there's critics out there all oh, the time. Yeah. Yeah. You so, yeah. let those go in and out your ear. I don't really pay too much attention to them. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, how can people, um, like on social media, how can they check you out? How can they see what you guys are doing or where you're yeah. at and stuff? We're, we're, we're pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so we're Lost Signal Brewing on Instagram and in Facebook. Uh, we post, try to post just about every day. We'll do a lot of food photos. So if you're a foodie as well as a beer person, um, definitely check it out. Uh, we do it on Twitter, but 
I don't know, I'm not a huge Twittery person, and so it's a lot of the same posts that are on Facebook just get flushed over to Twitter, so I don't really yeah. do a lot different on Twitter, but if you're big into Twitter, we, we are on Twitter at Lost Signal Brew, um, and then we do have a website, lostsignalbrewing.com. Um, it's not the best website, in fact, it's pretty darn bad, I just don't have the time to upkeep it, but yeah. I would say Facebook is going to be the best bet to find all our upcoming events. And then your Snapchat. I'm just kidding. Yes, no. <laughs> yeah, I've got all these people asking, are you on this? Are you on that? I'm like, how many more are there and why? <laughs> yeah, there's just so many of them that are being created. And like yeah. Facebook started doing stories, which is yep. like Instagram. Instagram's got stories too. I'm like, so I've got two things inside of one application I got to do now. Yeah, this is just how, ridiculous. Yeah, how am I supposed to keep up with yeah. that? <laughs> well, thanks for being on. Thank you. All right, see you later. Have a good one. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the Low Key Podcast. want to thank Tyler from Lost Signal Brewing for being on the podcast. If you're ever in Springfield, Missouri, go check out their brewery. Go get some beers, some brewskis, and try them out and see what makes Lost Signal Brewing great. Now, guys... If you listen to the podcast and don't subscribe, subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you just started listening, go rate and review our podcast. We would love to hear your feedback. Guys, there's also a vlog you could check out on our website at www.lowkeypodcast.com. Also, go like and follow our Instagram and Facebook pages. Go see our stories. Go see what we're doing. Also, t-shirts are coming soon for sale. So guys, that's it in low-key land. Keep it nice, keep it easy, keep it low-key. We'll talk to you guys later.